Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a super duper rootin' tootin' episode of Inspiration right. Point. I'm Andrew. I'm Adam. How you doing? This I, evening, I almost man? thought you were gonna say uh, a Rasmatastic. Oh, Rasmatastic. Um, did you see my post in the Discord? Yeah, I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we we were playing last night, and one of the guys on our team he couldn't say Remoras <laughs> to uh, save his life. And so he was like the Remoras, Remoras, and then we're like the like the Rasmataz, you know. And then he was like, "Yeah, the old Razzle Dazzle." <laughs> Nobody knew. We just anyway the big hot but cold worm thing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, the razzmatazz. The razzmatazz. Um, so that's what that's called now. That's now canon in my world. So the, the oh my god, yeah, a horde of angry adolescent razzmatazzes. Yes. Although, yeah, they, the many adolescents were slain last night. It was great. <laughs> the world was better off without. So it many. was so. So much quieter. So much <laughs> quieter. Oh man. We're 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 aging ourselves real bad here, but I don't yeah, care because yeah. oh yeah. Kids be too loud. <laughs> I know, and they can get off our lawns. Am I they right? Can, Am I right? Can, they can get off our lawns. <laughs> I've I've got a lawn. My uh HOA constantly reminds me with fines. Oh my god. I have heard Nothing but bad things about HOAs. And for for, well, for anyone listening to this who maybe is a kid and doesn't know what an HOA is, an HOA is a homeowners association. So if you live in a particular neighborhood where there are HOAs, they basically force you to manage your own house in a way that you don't want to. So I like I'm down with the hey maybe we don't scatter the car parts on the front lawn like I'm I'm pretty with that you know but I I'm less with the it will your house will be painted in only the following three acceptable patterns Oh um, my god but anyway we're not here to really talk about that but hey ranting does does the soul good that's what we do now cuz we are men of a certain age a certain certain age a certain age Ooh, we there is a show that had scott bacula in it that was called that men of a certain age yes <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> i did fine today um how about you i did i did fine today 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 was one of those one of those whatever days you know you have you oh, ever, whatever you day. ever have yeah. a whatever day oh all the time yeah or not whatever it's a whatever day. Yeah, it's you can like what even happened? Take them or leave them. Whatever. Take them or leave them. Yeah. It was a, a perfectly forgettable day. Yes. Perfectly forgettable. My brain was uh my, my back's been hurting me a little bit, so I've just been <laughs> trying to, you know. I'm sorry, that's very sad. I well, not really. It's been an ongoing thing for no. me, but I've been trying to, you know, make sure I get up every now and then and do some stretches and stuff. And it's oh, just good on you. one of those irritating things that just will not <laughs> leave you alone. Um, I'm going to have myself checked into a nursing home next week. <laughs> Same. Tell me which one and we can be roommates oh, again. It'll be man, great. It'll be great. And we'll have some, uh, 
we'll we'll have someone there to do our dishes for us. Oh my god, dude, that sounds like a dream. That's the life. Oh, oh yeah, I can't wait yeah. to be completely like super <laughs> old and slightly <laughs> more senile than I am already. I know. You know, is it? it I'm like, am I senile or just stressed out, like beyond belief? I mean, like sometimes, or is it ma- the mad cow? Is it the mad cow disease? It, it's it's the mad cow. It's the mad cow. It's always the mad cow. And that's what I, I still say that to this day to, to my students whenever I forget something or, or <laughs> you know, screw up a word or say the wrong thing. They're like, do you mean this? I'm like, what did I say? And then they're like this other thing. I'm like, ah, it's the mad cow. It's the mad cow. And they, and they just look at me like, what? But that's because another boomer reference. I'm referencing Boston legal. Boom. And they're like, oh, Boston, what? That sounds really boring. I'm like, oh, you're right. It sounds boring, but does. it's amazing. It does sound boring. <laughs> sounds incredibly boring. It's anything oh, but. Oh, man. It's anything but. Hey, you know that guy, Ultron? Yeah, he's uh, he's the main character. Yeah. It's a lawyer so, show with starring Ultron. super androids <laughs> that are also plotting world domination. But they can also argue one hell of a case. Can I tell you, I really liked Age of Ultron. I, I know people say it's bad or like one of the like not as good I ones, I guess. I like it. Yeah, I th- I thought it was fun. I To be fair, it's been ages since I <laughs> ages of Ultron even uh, since, <laughs> since I've watched it. I do need to go back. Um, but yeah, I'd love to. I. I'd love to give that a watch again. Oh man, how about how about this past week's WandaVision? Oh my gosh. Oh. Uh, that's why I was about to say, you know why I'm thinking that, you yeah, know, and then yeah. that was gonna segue, but you beat me to it. Oh so yeah, no, oh my gosh. I just what what even matters until Friday, right? I'm I'm just like counting the seconds until I can just see this finale and just feel good. You know, I, I got really into like lost when it was yeah. around at, for, for a while. I loved that. And, show. and then I really liked it a few seasons and then it just kind of strings you around. Yep. And it never answers any questions yeah. and it just piles more on. It leaves plot threads unresolved. And, at, and then by the time it actually got to the end, I actually didn't care anymore. I yep. completely had checked out because I felt like I was in a bad relationship or the other person was never actually going to commit to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're WandaVision. Oh, holy crap. It commits. It commits. Hard. It commits. It's like, here's a bunch of answers. Here's a bunch of new questions, but also we answered a lot of questions and no, we didn't forget about that other thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, thank you. Well, I am now in a healthy, successful relationship. What's what is nice too, though, is that like they'll give you some questions yeah. and they won't feel obligated to answer them that freaking episode, which is great. It's like, I'm going to pose a question to you and just bear with me. You're going to have to actually think about it for a week or two before we answer it. Can you handle that? There are a boatload of people who could not handle it. That's true. So people get really irritated, but I, I, 
don't mind that at all. Yeah. And I want to watch all the like little theory videos. I watch all my favorite reviewers talk about it. Oh, my, yeah. All the little uh, theory people like I love watching uh, Nando V movies. He's really good. Nice. Um, Emergency. Awesome. I, I watch all the time. Um, uh, Mr. Sunday movies is like a funny way of doing it. Nice. It's great. So there's there's a lot of good ones. I feel like there's a lot of community content and I have not. Oh, yeah. I have not touched any of it. Yeah. You just like don't want to know anything at all. Like so that you just go in fresh. Totally. I went into this yeah. past week's episode going, I don't know what the heck is going to happen. I didn't even remember the basement. And I was like, wait a minute, that happened. And I like rewound the the end of rewound. Of hey. the, oh, my <laughs> God. I What, what else would that, you call it uh, to reverse it? <laughs> so I went back, you know, maybe I don't know. Went back to an earlier episode. I no I tracked, perhaps. I don't know. Tra- but yeah, but the the whole term rewind, of course, is an artifact from the days of the VHS tape. Yeah, but it's still rewind. I'm pretty sure yeah. if you hover over the button, it says <laughs> rewind. Like it might I'm not yeah, crazy. I think, <laughs> no, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. But it's like, why is it called that? Right? <laughs> yes. It, it, VHS, and like the the, the phone the icon on your phone still looks like a like a handheld phone, right? Mm. Like a, yeah, like a, like a receiver. Yeah. What's it called? <laughs> yeah. That thing. Yeah. The, See, back when I was a kid, that was just called the phone. The phone. <laughs> I, there was, you a, know, it has a phone shape. You know what I mean? Am I insane? <laughs> <laughs> Am I insane? I saw, <laughs> I saw this meme the other day that was inside. It was tucked in this, um, it was like one of those compilation, like air quote articles. It was like, uh, like 29, uh, memes that, uh, illustrate how old we're getting or something. And there was yeah. one where this, this idiot of a kid, I'm sorry, but so a kid, they, they have a picture of the pad, the, the keypad on an old uh like corded telephone and it has the you know one two three four five six and then it gets down to the bottom where it's got the zero and the uh star and pound sign and this kid was like dude could they predict the future like twitter wasn't even a thing and they have a hashtag on this and i I almost started bleeding from the ears. <laughs> I like how, how do the youth of today survive? Well, remember it's a meme probably made by a boomer. So mm, see like, ah, kids these days, they don't know how to use things if they are old. Oh man. Ha. I got them. I remember talking to people about as old as my, my sister-in-law who's, she's graduated college and stuff that that age group is shockingly and disturbingly unfamiliar with the Muppets. <laughs> oh yeah. Is that making a comeback? The Muppets, are they trying another thing with that again? They, they did. And they bring and it I back. I think it kind of fell off and they, because That's they, what it happens. they keep trying to do things 
that are slightly different than the old school freaking Muppet show. It's yeah, a variety the, the show tried and true. with random little sketches, low production value, let the Muppets be <laughs> Muppets, doing goofy right. Muppet stuff. That's all you got to do. Right. You got a celebrity guest. Yeah. It's freaking perfect. Like There's an A-B plot, typically. Yeah. It's great. It's, um, it's dead simple. You have them do some weird uh, song covers. Like, I remember... One of my favorites back in the day was Swedish Chef, Beaker, and Animal all doing a cover of Oh Danny Boy. <laughs> oh Danny Boy! Oh Danny Boy! Oh Danny! Oh yeah, the kids today, they love hearing old Irish folklore songs. Oh my god, it was so fun. <laughs> it was- Do peeps. Uh, That was actually pretty good. Thank you. I love the Muppets. (laughs) We love love the Muppets. We're cooking it up and making a puppet of corn. Are we allowed to call him Swedish chef still? Is that that go away? Is that a thing we can't do now? I'm doing it. They can. Well, fair enough. They can come for me. You got a problem with me talking about the Swedish chef. You send him on over here. We'll all right, and uh, send all hate mail to our Patreon along with a five dollars subscription. That's right. That's um, that's the fee for for that's postage. the fee for the hate mail. Yes. Yep. But hey, um, you know, I I could talk about the Muppets all night, and I I know I, I have no doubt <laughs> I will make that a topic for a future show. Uh, but tonight you have a topic on your mind. I do. And it is about characters that are uh, that have paths just like the Muppets. Just like the Muppets, actually. Yeah. Uh, just like right. everything, actually. Everything. Because uh, we only really tell one story, right? At least um, that's the theory behind what we call the monomyth, which is an idea researched by uh, Joseph Campbell, who wrote a book called uh, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Now, this is probably going to be a review for a lot of people who have thought about storytelling at all. Mm -hmm. Right. The first time I ever learned about this myth was when I was in college at the Art Institutes and I took a class um, uh, about storytelling. Right. So I I don't remember the exact title of the class was it was storytelling 101 or something. Mm -hmm. And it was really fascinating. I thought it was great. I hadn't really thought too much about story structure up to that point. I mean, I was trying to make pictures, not write stories. Right. right. So that's really where my focus was. But uh, when this was presented to you, when one, the, the concept that yeah. we only really are ever telling one story when that yeah. was put into your brain, do you remember what your initial reaction was? That, that That's a good question. So, yeah, I was like, no, no, no. Wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. And and like the more you try to fight it, because I think one of my first questions was, what about rom-coms? Right. You know, and he was like, well, and then he, he lays it out. And then you're like, oh, 
Well, and you it know might, it, that that <laughs> was his first question when he heard about this too. And he, oh no, I I thought I had him right. You know, I thought, oh, he won't expect this one. Yeah, and he's like, uh, he's like, no, I immediately have an answer that, because that's the one everybody jumps to. <laughs> that's the one everyone asked, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, what do you mean a hero? What do you mean Alex Hitchens was the hero of Hitch? He didn't have a sword, <laughs> right? He doesn't even have a gun, a sword, nothing to fight anybody. Although he does, uh, you know, twist that one guy's arm and, you know, do that. Sure. And he also kicks his date in the head, but that was an accident. Be sure. But by the way, you should all watch Hitch, the greatest story ever told. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, the, I, this is the idea that um, Campbell went around to different cultures, learned about their different mythologies and famous stories, and he began to find a pattern. Right. And so he's like, as human beings, we seem to tell one story. Now, some people really buck at this idea, I think, for the for the reason that your question sort of implies. Sure. Right. Which is, but aren't, aren't stories original, right? How come if no. all the stories are the same, how come I like some and I don't like others? Why do right? kids like watching the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over <laughs> again? Because it's fun yeah. so long as it's good. As <laughs> long as it's good, right? Boom. Okay, we there are certain things that we do seem to expect out of our films and uh, books and scripts and so on and so forth, and even our games that are story driven. And of course, that's where we're ultimately going with this. Mm-hmm. So, okay, long story short, we we talked about the three act structure before. Mm-hmm. If we say, okay, let's let's write a story. Let's say it's a campaign that we're planning. What kind of structure can I use to build my story around? And one thing we could say, well, we could start with the three act structure. It's one one thing you could try. Right. We're not saying this is the only thing that exists, but it's one thing you could try. In fact, I think when uh, when we were talking with Nathan Stamper uh, last season, um, mm-hmm. he he mentioned a couple different structures. I think I, I I know we mentioned three act. I think he also mentioned maybe five act is another big one. Yeah, I've seen five. I think there were five is more Shakespearean. Others. Yeah. Yeah. And there's different people that have different. There's like uh Dan Harmon has like an eight stage circle. Mm. It's very similar to the 12 stage, but it's the, it, it basically covers the same major beats in, in smaller portions, mm. I guess. Um, they're a little bit more generalized and it works for him. So, so great. Sure. But I think when it comes to a lot of these structures, we could basically lay them down on top of each other and we would see a lot of similarity, a lot of overlap. Yeah, it they all have slightly varied ways of covering the same topics. You know, mm-hmm. the hero's going to do a thing and then this thing's going to happen after it and they'll run into this complication, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. And all the different methods are just like, here's the path you take to cover those things. Ultimately, you're right. So it is about a hero. It's about someone who needs to undergo change. We When we talked about character arcs, you have to talk about act structure when it comes to character arcs. Right. You know, also getting from one part of the act to the other requires certain events to happen. Correct. So, we're going to I'm just going to quickly lay out what the 12 stages are, but we're not going to go over them in detail. Right. 
we're just going to hit act one kind of hard today. And um, either we'll go to act two next next time we record or another time if we decide. But we'll we'll get to them. Yeah, basically, this is going to be part one of a three part series. So we're going to do act one this week and then the following acts we'll have an act two episode and we'll have an act three uh related episode and we may break them up a bit or we may not we'll see yeah yeah and the point is not to necessarily you know deep dive on each one of these but what we want to get to is how it's relevant as like a gm or a player Mm -hmm. right because ultimately we are kind of talking about tabletop role-playing games right and that sort of thing. And, you know, there's some inherent differences here because our story is somewhat scripted, but it's also somewhat um, improvisation. Right. And so there's a certain amount of I don't necessarily know what the next section is. And but I think that if we understand how a, a story is supposed to progress, then we can kind of roll with those punches. Sure. What were you going to say? Oh, um, I I was going to say and. You know, to at least I feel that in a lot of ways, it's better not to know, Mm -hmm. like not not only are things likely not, you know, of course, not fully scripted unless you're going full railroad. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but generally, which which you might for like your first game. Sure. But I mean, you've been coming around to this even more. Oh, yeah. With not hyper planning things and having some general beats kind of figured out Mm -hmm. having a vague idea of where the story could be going, but not having it so heavily scripted where if somebody makes one little action, all of a sudden you have to redo two months worth of prep because it just sent you in a completely different direction. Yeah. And, and anything can happen. So we're going to jump in and take yeah, a let's look jump at in. Act 1. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, Act 1. Well, okay. Well, quick quick view of the whole thing. So, we go from the ordinary world in Act 1 into Act 2, where we enter a special world where everything's different. We learn a bunch of stuff. We have a bunch of experiences. We go into Act 3, which is we return to the ordinary world, but now it's more different. <laughs> mm. It's it's forever changed, or at least you're forever changed. And so things are never going to be the same because of, of what we learned. Right. So so going back to act one in the ordinary world, the first stage is called the ordinary world. Then we receive a call to adventure. There's initial refusal of that call. But then we have a meeting with a mentor of some kind who encourages us or gives us what we need to embark. Mm. Then we transition into act two. And so this stage is sort of shared, which is crossing the threshold. So it's like right. our first challenge. It is the point of no return. Mm. Uh, we meet a bunch of tests, allies and enemies, which is my favorite part. It's really great. This is going to fill up most of your D&D campaign. Yeah, that's it is the middle. It's it's the 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 big chongus of this. Yeah. Uh, then we go to the approach to the inmost cave as we prepare for uh, the big hard challenge. We have an ordeal that is the sort of the final exam of everything that you've learned. After that, you receive a reward for overcoming that challenge and you seize the sword, so to speak. You get some sort of reward for that. And that and then on the final beat, we head 
the road back home with the uh, reward reward in hand. Our character experiences then a resurrection of sorts. Often during the ordeal, our character dies, maybe literally or figuratively. But now as they've gone back to their ordinary world, they are a new person. Right. And then finally, they bring with them the final stage, which is called the return with the elixir, which is to say they that Balto has brought the medicine back to the village. Mm-hmm. Right. So things are are better and fixed or at least different right. in some way. And that completes the monomyth. That is pretty much every story ever. Mm. So some things are very, very obvious, like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Right. That Well, then I there mean, are things Star that Wars are, is always the first thing anyone compares this to. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. And and there's no secret that George Lucas was a fan of jo- Joseph Campbell mm. and did this on purpose. Yeah. Right. He he absolutely like it wasn't an accident. Oh, sure. No. Like he he, he knew what he was getting into. So, OK, ultimately, here is the all of that long story short. Your character lives in a world. He's got to learn some stuff. He learns stuff. He changes. He goes back home. Things are different. Mm-hmm. OK. So now we're examining act one, the ordinary world. And we're going to go over ordinary world call to adventure, refusal and meeting with a mentor. And cool. then we'll briefly mention crossing the threshold. So the ordinary world, do you, what do you think is supposed to happen during stage one ordinary world? So the characters aren't the heroes yet. We're getting introduced to the characters in their kind of default state. And the job here is to show how you can relate to and understand the character on a basic level. Um, I was doing a little bit of reading up on this uh, before the show. And one thing that came to mind when I was reading this is that this part is all about stage setting and yeah, it's a lot of exposition setting expectations, but it's also a great place for the save the cat moments. These little character intros where you get that little taste of who this person is. And if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, that is back in season one uh, of inspiration point. Look for the, save the cat episode where we talk about how to uh, make your character likable or how to introduce them in interesting and engaging ways that tell everyone at the table really who your character is. That stuff fits great in the ordinary world step. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of setup right up front and we we need to learn about setting and characters and right. yeah, when we get to know that character adding in that save the cat moment around here is usually a good idea. Yep. Um although sometimes in stories they happen later. Sure. I'm just thinking from an RPG standpoint like this is a this is a nice time cuz you have to bring in your player characters. And you need to get those characters engaged with each other Mm -hmm. real fast. Like it sucks when you're sitting at the table and you don't understand why anyone else at the table is interesting or. Yeah. And that's something that we've 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's something we've, we've struggled with. It's something I've struggled with a lot and, um, setting up why your characters care about each other is like really important because mm. I think sometimes we sit down at the table and we go, everyone's here to play D and D and they want to have fun. So they will naturally gravitate towards each other and be cooperative. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you fool. You fool. No. People come from experiences where they entertained by themselves and they don't have to care about other people. This is a completely new experience. So this is something, but even just storytelling wise, it is a good idea to establish why your character is likable, yeah. which ultimately is what the save the cat moment is. Right. Right. It's the idea where your characters do something that makes people think, well, they're not so bad. Mm hmm. Or, or just maybe I'm even rooting for this people. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe you're even setting up a villain and they're not supposed to root for them, but you at least give some understanding or, you know, you, you show why even situations are relatable. Like if you watch any shows like, uh, like Game of Thrones or, you know, any of these shows that have a lot of background it usually takes four or five episodes before the show kind of is able to take a breath Comes online because there's a yeah. lot of groundwork to lay. That's what's going yeah. on here. Yeah. And that, you know, and, and we've talked about exposition before and kind of ha- how to handle that. And, and so you can, you know, check that out or maybe we'll bring it up again sometime, but this doesn't mean take all of your lore and dump it on (laughs) your um, player's head and just waterboard them with information, you know, but it is a time where I think as players, you can expect there's going to be a little bit more setup here and I can be patient and that's okay. Yeah. But it's also a time where you don't necessarily have to take it slow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Plenty of campaigns can open up, uh, on fire, right? Like literally you're on a ship and pirates attack and you just, okay, here we are. Yep. So the ordinary world does not necessarily mean the boring world. What we're sure. talking about is status quo. Yeah. You're setting, right? setting expectations. The way things are. Yeah. I mean, we can think of lots of, of shows and games that start in the action, right? Yep. Something has happened. So you might have a hero character who is who lives an exciting action-packed life and uh this is a good time for your if you want to start a campaign out that way mm-hmm. to let players just kind of dominate and win <laughs> yeah to show how like man this is great i solve all my problems by pushing the buttons on my sheet it's great there you go right and that's not too bad it's just that that can't last right and so this is a, also a good time to give your players a bit of a tutorial. Yeah. Like, welcome to the game. Learn how to play your class. If they need one. Yeah, sure. I mean, th- yeah, when we just saying, when you say ordinary world, we just mean the way things are. Yep. The the current status quo. Maybe the maybe you're out of town, but it's a place you've probably been before. Right. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be necessarily tied to the physical setting that your characters are in because our, our special world that we enter can be sort of a state of mind or a new way of, uh, of thinking about things. Um, so I, I could go on and on. I, I did this with, uh, my, uh, students where they uh, are playing a family 
of Triton nobles. Ah, they're, <laughs> Theros they're playing a family. Campaign. Nice. I know. And I didn't say you will be a family. I did say you, I want you to begin with a backstory where you tied together and you care about each other. It's and perfect. Uh, I, someone here can brood if they want to brood, but ultimately you have to care about the welfare of each other. Right. And that was the only rule I said. And then they're like, Oh, let's find one of the backgrounds that we all like. And then there you go. They came back and said, we're a noble family. And I was like, man, bam, that was easy. Perfect. And that was great. So we opened up only one of them. Isn't a Triton. So they were all exiting the water to find their friend. Who's a satyr. And I was like, good time for a save the cat moment. There you go. There's a whale beached on the shore over there. Hey, what do you all do? Uh, we all go, you know, try to save it. Right. And so they all oh, get together so and they save the whale push moment. on it. And it's a save the whale. Yeah. Right? Maybe a bit on the nose. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite save the cat, cat moments we did was <laughs> stuck on the beach. <laughs> it's a gigantic it's a cat. Huge cat. A giant blubberous cat with little stubby legs. He's adorable, it's a giant but also he's dying. Catfish. You need to save him. He's a oh, catfish. Perfect. There it is. Ah, that would have been so much better. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm, I put an orca there. Pfft, how basic. You can run it again. <laughs> ah, I know. Run it for somebody else. There you go. I just, I'll just come back next week. Guys, the campaign's canceled. I ruined it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What happened? I just, I'm sorry. It it had to do with cats. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't explain anymore. Yeah. Okay. So do we have, by the way, just one quick thing. Okay. I love Fleabag. If you, you should go watch Fleabag on Amazon. It's the greatest. This character has so many things about her that are imperfect. And it's part of why you love her, but she does have some strong save the cat moments where she does things that are genuinely good. Like she's a monster, but not that big a monster. Uh, and she's just a fantastic character. So highly recommend Fleabag. Anyway, what are you going to say? I was just going to ask, is there anything else in ordinary world that we need to touch on? Because I don't want us to get too crunch for time. Yeah. And we've got 100%. three more points. Yeah, we do. I do think we've pretty much got it on ordinary world. Cool. So maybe maybe just like an example might be um luke lives on tatooine he's a farmer but he longs for something better mm. dorothy is a girl in kansas and she loves her dog mm. you know sure pretty simple stuff yeah okay but then stage two there's a call to adventure okay something comes up and says maybe things could be different so let's say in your campaign you opened up with a big ship battle okay you know, you, you open up the campaign, you're on the high seas and, you know, you're looking over the side when all of a sudden you see a black flag approaching a cannonball strikes the hull of your ship and blows a giant hole in it. Roll a dexterity saving throw. Right. Mm. And people are like, oh, man, we're getting to it now. And then there's like NPCs that show up and they help out. But that's also kind of their intros. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, the the. Parrots are trapped in the cage down below. What do you do? Oh, I go save the parrots. Ha ha. I tricked you into saving cats. Ah, parrots. Cat birds. And then the the battle finally comes to an end. And then the captain's like, Oh, you be a good group of warriors. And I've got a a, a new job for ye. If you're brave enough. Right? Something like oh, that. Oh, I'm brave enough. 
And then maybe the first mate is like, I don't know about these guys. I don't know. Shut up. I want to hear some, him out. <laughs> I like how uh, that character back there, by the way, he's the barbarian. Oh, um, totally. I want to hear him out. I'm the big guy. My name the, is wrong far with the, with the high voice. I didn't get to choose this. Okay. It's a, it's just, I was born like this. Don't judge me. <laughs> you wouldn't like me I'm when angry. I'm angry. <laughs> you wouldn't i like it i think that's the story of mike tyson by the way um oh, wow he's gonna come so, to your oops. house not my house dude if mike tyson listens to this show we've made it and i'll take a punch yeah, in the face but he doesn't he okay. have a tiger dude i i dude I, I will do anything for listeners at this point um so <laughs> eaten by a tiger is a man okay hey <laughs> So maybe they get a notice. Maybe they return to the quest giver. Maybe their, you know, uh, mother talks to them, you know, whatever. There is some kind of call that, hey, there's something else on the horizon, right? Mm. Let's say your character is older and you just finish this first adventure in this ordinary world stage. And they're like, well, now I can retire. And they're like, well, there is one last big score. And it's an opportunity of a lifetime. If you are anything less than three days from retirement, do not go. (laughs) If you are two days from retirement or less, (laughs) you are signing up to die. Don't go stay home. So in Luke Skywalker's case there, he, he gets these droids and one of them produces a message and it says, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. And <laughs> Sorry, wrong then, number. Hang up. <laughs> and he's just like, what the heck? So, yeah, all of a sudden something happens. Maybe things could be different. It's an invitation, you might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was thinking about Harry Potter today because, by the way, I really like the YouTube channel, The Take. But they did a uh, episode on uh, Harry Potter today that was not their best work. Mm. And they got they got some comments for it. But anyway, it's still a great channel. Check out the take. But anyway, Harry Potter, he literally gets invitations from these owls that fly in. Mm. Right. And well, the invitations are from the school. Right. Yeah. Uh, Did I did I imply that owls wrote them? Owls. The invitations were not from the owls. Dear Harry. No, they're not. Hoot hoot. That's fair. We would love you to also be an owl. I don't know. It takes three licks to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop. We know. Trust us. We know. Trust us here. uh, RSVP. (laughs) And we will send you a box of feathers and some glue. (laughs) <laughs> and night vision goggles is gonna be sweet. It's gonna be sweet. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. I would watch the crap out of that movie. It's a great movie. Love the okay. owls. <laughs> so giving your players a call to adventure is all about creating that hook, right? And that that's that's and exactly what I was gonna say too. Like this this part is where your hook or hooks come in this is where you put them yes this part is probably pretty easy some players don't take hooks that's okay just don't play with those people correct (laughs) (laughs) so you know but i will say really quick that if you're a player please bite the hook your your gm works harder than you sorry sure and you should um you should bite 
the hook. Don't say my character decide how your character, why your character does decide to bite. Yep. Right. But also GMs, you know, definitely read the characters, you know, bonds and flaws and all that stuff and try to come up with something that would interest them. Right. Try to meet halfway. Yeah. So anyway, have a call. Now, the third stage is a little bit tricky. And I and I think you're going to have some questions about that before we jump into it. Do we feel like we hit call to adventure well enough? I, I think for my part, I do feel like it's a pretty simple thing. Basically, yeah. something happens that directly confronts the character with an opportunity to act. Well, I will just say, by the way, I think that's a great definition. Mm. But thank you. I, I will also say that we could probably spend a whole episode talking about landing plot hooks. Oh, hooks. Hooks can be really tricky sometimes. Yeah. So I'll just say this is where the plot hook goes and yeah. kind of leave it to that. And maybe we'll talk about plot hooks another time. That's how I was feeling about it, too. Cool. You know, go go watch Matthew Colville. It probably has a video about it or, or Guy from How to Be a Great oh, yeah. GM. You know, they probably have a whole thing about that. All right. But anyway. Step number three. Yeah. Step number three. This is tricky. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a complication. So uh, this is called the refusal. For some reason, we don't go uh, or we or perhaps we don't want to go. I don't want to go. So. So typically, for some reason, the hero doesn't want it. And and this is something we see a lot in like the superhero genre mm-hmm. where someone gets special powers. And it always drives me nuts. I actually hate this. Uh, whenever they hate that they have powers. Oh, right? God, I can lift a car with my bare hands. This is such a massive inconvenience. I just wish I was normal. <laughs> no, it's so hard to relate to because literally none of us are like yeah that's a, such a curse oh man i can right. climb up walls and you know hear people's thoughts or whatever oh man <laughs> i okay now if you had a power like i can hear people's thoughts you can see the problems you know if you if you're rogue from the x-men you could definitely see someone wanting to opt out oh if you can't but like turn if, it off sure yeah, you can't turn it off. But, you know, if you're like, oh, yeah, I can lift cars like, dude, stop complaining. Sick. <laughs> That's just awesome. It's just awesome. Um, no drawbacks. <laughs> no drawbacks. <laughs> well, until he accidentally hugs his mom and crushes her. Then there's. A oh, oh, no. Oh, there's going <laughs> to be questions. Whole lot of questions. A lot of questions. Uh, OK, so this you know, could be the hero themselves going, I can't because I have this obligation. Um, that seems really scary or I'm three days away from retirement and I'm not giving it up now. That's right. You know, but it also doesn't have to be from the heroes themselves. Uh, refusals can actually be external if you want. Oh, my mom won't let me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would totally go, but my mom won't let me. I mean, Luke Skywalker wants to go fight the Empire right now, right? Yeah. He wants to go fly fly around in, in spaceships and get off the farm. But Uncle and an Aunt Brew are like, uh, yeah, we need you for the harvest, <sighs> which is probably true, but they also don't want him to meet Dad, right? Such buzzkills. Yeah, they're real buzzkills. So sometimes this comes from, from outside, right? Oh. So the captain says, maybe I do have one good job for you left over. But then the first mate goes, them did you even watch them fight they're just the worst clearly amateurs 
Clearly. Right, something like that. Clearly. I hate this guy. Meh. I hate him already. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> that, that's fine. Meh. That's fine. But he's the red hair. But he's actually the red herring bad guy, just so you know. Um, he's actually going to end up helping the party down the road. So No, because we're going to yeah. tie him to the end of a rope and drag him behind the ship. For his snide attitude and remarks. That'll <laughs> that's what Andrew just can't abide. That'll learn Snideness. him. Yeah. Won't have um, it. Won't have it from my kids. I won't <laughs> have it from a fictional sailor. <laughs> so this part should go off without a hitch, right? Totally. Except for the fact that refusal, which is right in the name of the step, is by <laughs> definition a hitch. Yes. Yes, you're right. Okay, so this part, like I said, this part is going to be tricky, right? Because you all sort of need to be in on it. Mm -hmm. Okay, like if your players are just eager, then let the refusal be external. And then for some reason they can get over it, right? Maybe they need to prove themselves, go through a quick test to show that they're worthy. Or just have the refusal just be cursory. Like it doesn't have to last forever. But if a player is in on it and and they are like, okay, this is part of my my journey is part of my development. Maybe it can build into their flaw. Right. In an interesting way. Right. But again, the reason why I say people need to be in on it is because if the GM offers a hook and then the player says, no, thank you. There needs to be a good reason for that. Mm -hmm. And both the player and the GM should probably have had that conversation. Right. Where they're like okay, I'm going to say no, but here's how to get me to say yes. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And I think that that's something you've actually directly asked me about my character recently. Mm-hmm. You were like, what buttons does your hero have that make them say yes? Oh yeah. The, I right. mean, there, there's a, um, and I, I forget where, uh, this is originally from, but it is not originally my idea by any stretch. But I think it's called something like knife theory, where you provide your GM when you're giving them like your character backstory and stuff, air quotes, knives uh, for your character, which are basically things about your character and their background and things they've experienced that are basically knives that the that the GM can use against your character. Like I'm going to take this thing that's linked to your past or some, something about your personality or whatever. There's some connection here that I can use to kind of nudge you or something where, you know, that if this thing shows up or something related to this, that the character almost can't help but act. Yeah. And if you're maybe if your player has a really strong backstory, you may it may just be visible. Oh, sure. Right. But yeah, if there's no reason you can't have an explicit conversation saying, hey, here's you know, here's my knife here. (laughs) So just handle first. Here you go. In in fact, that's a great conversation to have. Yeah, it's a good it's a really good one. And again, think about this when you're writing your character's flaw. I don't like flaws that are like my character talks too loud or is afraid of bats. Like that's stupid. Right. Okay. That can be a, a, a weird quirk or foible you have, but it's not your flaw. Right. Right. 
flaws are I secretly think that I should be in charge of everybody else. That's a good flaw. Mm. I think that's one of the ones for noble. Well, and, and pick things, try to pick things that the GM can use against you. It's very easy to create a character that is insular or designed in such a way where all of its flaws or the issues that it has are all internal and haven't affected the world in any major way where there weren't any like external consequences or anything that could come back and mess with the character. It's easy to write a character that, or to want to write a character that is, that doesn't really have any knives that can be played with. And you got to yeah, give your character they some might write them down on their, yeah, that's the key word vulnerability, right? right? Like, because it's one thing to write it down. It's another thing to allow it to happen right. at the table where you allow your player to sort of lose, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, per se for the good of the role playing experience, right. like I'm doing arc stuff. Like if you've ever watched Harmon quest, <laughs> which I highly recommend mm-hmm. Harmon quest is amazing. You know, his character supposed to like run into battle and he runs away <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, character development stuff, right? <laughs> something like that. He says something to that extent because uh, his character is a coward and go. that's what he's got to get over. So anyway, refusal's tricky, but it's it's kind of an important part of this, of the of the journey. So then, but at some point we need to go on the journey. Right. So if you're a player, don't lean too hard into the refusal part. If you're going to refuse, also be immediately thinking of what you can do to then accept in any way because yes you need to go and if if right. there's you need to go for some reason if there's just one hook find a reason to take the hook yeah so if you're if your gm has no idea what the heck a hero's journey is and isn't thinking about this maybe don't spring this on him in the game sure. but i think if you are a gm and a player and you do know about this then you should try to include it in your story it will make it more compelling right uh, because the reason why this structure works is because it's pretty much deeply rooted into our psychology is like mammals. Right. That's very true. Um, okay. Last point. So at some point we do need to go on the journey and what causes that? Well, Shrek had a great mentor mm. and his name was donkey donkey. Okay. Donkey, donkey is one of the greatest mentors in fiction. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi is another, um, Glenda the Good Witch, mm. uh, Hamish from Hunger Games. I love mentors. Okay. When you meet the mentor, they either give you a tool that you need or some advice, mm. some encouragement, you know, whatever. For some, some way, they provide you the means by which you leave the ordinary world and embark on your quest. Mm. This is where Gandalf steps in. He goes, want to go on an adventure? And then Frodo says, no, thank you. Life's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, uh-huh. Same for so Bilbo anyway, for that matter. Yeah. For Bilbo, Bilbo really gets it hard, right? Oh, like, poor guy. It's like Bilbo want an adventure. No, thanks. Life's pretty good. Anyway, here's a bunch of dwarves. <laughs> yeah. I'm going <laughs> to kick your door down with 13 dwarves. Then uh, how, how do you feel worse? I'm not saying you don't have a choice. 
But you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. Get out the door. I feel like Bilbo was played by this guy who was like, that's not what my character would do. And then the GM was like, listen here, you little. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to sit down and you're going to make him go. The GM set down his pizza angrily and said, listen, dude. I worked hard on this. Work hard on this. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my time is valuable. So quit jerking me around and let's do this thing. Yeah. So anyway, the the mentor, this is a pretty easy step to to inc- include in a game. Mm-hmm. This is typically your main quest giver. Yeah. Right. You might even deal with a mentor throughout the campaign. Often mentors are also antagonists. Mm hmm. A lot of sort of surprise bad guys turn out to be mentors. Right. And that's uh, that's fun. Or if you want to flip the script, you could uh, if you have a long running campaign, you could have an antagonist that turns into a mentor. Uh, that's also possible. That it's great to turn bad guys into allies. Yeah. That's really that's fun. Super fun. That happens all the time in Dragon Ball Z. There you go. So after we I, I know we didn't spend too much time on that, but I think it's pretty straightforward. That one is. Yeah, definitely. So. A lot of this could almost happen during your first session or two, and you could pretty much be done Um, because at this point, we're ready to cross into the threshold and go into act two. So this would this is a good also note to end a session on. Mm -hmm. And then you embark on the ship and you look back behind you and see uh, the town that you grew up in fading off into the distance for the first time ever. It just seems so small. And you turn back and stare into the horizon. Yeah. Then you raise the music up. Right. And you play into it. And that's all the time we have for tonight. Right. And that's great. And uh, speaking of that, that's all the time we have for tonight. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That was the perfect segue into the ending. No, but it, it, I mean, that's pretty much it. And we are not going to get into too much detail with stage five there because it does overlap into act two. Yeah, we got to give you the give you the old the old cliffhanger. So so if you weren't sure on how to set up the beginning of your campaign, hopefully now uh, you at least have a few more tools to add to your little bag of tricks. There you go. And the the magic bag, the magic given to you by the magician bag, who is major arcana number one in the tarot. And the tarot is also basically the hero's journey. <laughs> <laughs> The end. Okay. You can't keep them down. So for anyone who's maybe wanting to look into this some more, the stages that we covered tonight were all part of act one of the hero's journey. We had uh, step one was the ordinary world. Step two was the call to adventure. Step three was refusal of the call. Step four is meeting the mentor and step five is crossing the threshold. And that is the step that is directly between uh, act one and act two at act two's threshold, if you will. Yes. So those are what those steps are generally referred to as. So if you want to go look them up and read more about them, look up yep. those different step names and it'll take you right to where you need to go or look up Joseph Campbell or the hero's journey. And you'll find it too. Oh, I also do want to say one thing, which was in that class I took, 
I was required to read Christopher Vogler's The Writer's Journey, mm. uh, Mythic Structure for Writers, and it draws heavily on Campbell's work, mm. but it's a lot smaller. So I would recommend The Writer's Journey by Christopher Vogler. And a lot of uh, video essayists that talk about uh, writing recommend this book. There you go. So few tools for the old toolbox. And yes. that having been said, Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. In particular, we want to say thank you to our ever-loyal patrons, Spike and Logan, who backed us over at Patreon. We love you guys forever and ever. And if you would like to have your name on the show, as well as those two fine gentlemen, you'll be in very good company. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and support us at the $5 level as well as a shout out on all our different episodes. You'll also be able to vote on different things when we do polls. You'll be able to submit mailbag questions and hang out with us on our private Discord channel. And if you're feeling super duper inspired and want a game with myself and Adam, back us at the $100 tier, and Adam will be running a custom campaign just for you and anyone else who decides to join at that level. Also, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you found us. And if this is your first time listening, be sure to download and check out our other episodes, such as the ones we mentioned tonight, like Save the Cat, or our drama class episode with Nathan Stamper, as well as uh, I think there were a few other ones too. So definitely go check all those out. You should be able to find us on most major podcast platforms, including iTunes and Spotify, or pretty much anywhere else you syndicate your podcasts. And if you listen via iTunes or any platform that allows for reviews, please leave us a five-star review and write up a review. We want to hear what you think. You can also find our website at inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com. And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash inspiration point podcast and lastly we're on twitter at ip rpg cast so until we return and cross the threshold into another episode of inspiration point stay inspired on your own hero's journey bye bye